0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working On Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working On Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez.
1: Welcome back to the Working on Purpose show. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from a beautiful, sunny Dallas, Texas today. That's my home base. It's great to have you back for another conversation about how we can meaningfully and productively connect with work. We'll get into that dialogue for just a moment here, but let me first thank my media partner and sponsor, Jobbing.com. They are the leading locally focused job board in the nation and are dedicated to helping employers find quality talent in their own backyard while giving job seekers control over their search so they can find work close to home. We're a good partnership. Thanks, Jobbing.com. For this week's conversation with me is Nicole Smith, a real estate agent with Briggs, Freeman, Sotheby's International Realty. We'll be talking in this episode about how she shifted her business lens in 2010 to produce new results, the perspective that our homes create the chapters in our life stories, and in the last segment, the book she co-authored, The Power of Five Minds, Masterminding Our Way. Nicole, it's great to have you with me. Welcome to the program.
2: Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: Oh, this is just going to be such a great conversation. I told you I've been looking forward to this. I find your perspective so interesting, and I think our listeners will too. Excellent. Um, it,
2: it really is unique in this business to think of it this way, but it really has altered the way I do my business.
1: Well, and that's one of the big reasons that I wanted to have you on the show, Nicole, because you know, when you think about the work that I've done around meaning in work research over the years, what I've learned so intensely is that people can absolutely control the meaning they give to their work. And so therefore that that frame that you impose on what you do is so powerful and you created it. And I that's one of the things I want to make sure our listeners get in this conversation is that you have the unique ability to to champion and create the meaning that you want for your for your work. And you've done that beautifully. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to be talking a lot about real estate today, of course, and of course, that perspective that we talked that you just mentioned about your, your us creating your homes creating the chapters in our life stories. But first, I want to learn a bit about how you got into real estate. Uh, I don't know if you entered the field immediately, or if there were other things that you did along the way, but help us first understand how you get into the business.
2: Well, I was licensed in 1995 and that was I was pregnant with my second child. My oldest was a couple of years old at the time. And my background prior to that, my I have just a general business degree from college and didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life, but I knew I wanted to have a job and make money. And so my first two jobs were in banking and I don't for anybody who's in banking, um, you know there are certainly some roles that involve making money. You touch money all the time, but it turned out to be cubicle kind of jobs, which were just did not suit me, and I was allured into the freedom and the flexibility and the variety that came from sales. So my first sales job was selling copiers, which uh, gets people into that business, and then I used that experience to ultimately get into pharmaceutical sales. And when you talk about the, the meaning that work has, when I was a brand-new pharmaceutical rep, I believed that if the doctors in my territory did not prescribe the eye drop that I represented, that their patients might go blind, right? I mean, I just, I was so passionate about my product. But six years later, you know, it was like, it, 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 what it did, I didn't have that same level of passion. I realized that my competitors had good products, too. So <laughs> even if they didn't prescribe my eye drop, that people are probably going to be okay. And I'd really lost the meaning in that work. Meanwhile, I, we moved back home, which is to us is the Dallas Fort Worth area. And a college friend of ours helped us find our home. And I was intrigued by the process, by the again the fun. And so, actually, joined that agent as kind of her overflow agent, and did. I was a realtor part time for the first year and a half into this business. So that's kind of how I got into the real estate business um, over 20 years ago.
1: Wow, it's been 20 years. That's amazing. Time flies when you're having fun, right?
2: <laughs> I can't believe it's been two decades and my son just turned 20, so that just, you know, that hit hit me there too. Uh, And that's that's kind of the milestone stuff that
1: I think is so interesting about careers and such. And um, I do want to talk a little bit about some of those key things that maybe have happened along the way. But one thing I definitely want to grab onto really quick is what you just said about how you started to navigate some of those those choices and changes. I mean, this show is really designed to help the listeners find ways to more meaningfully and productively connect with work. And one of the things that you just said is that when you were working in the banking business, that the cubicle environment wasn't for you and that you wanted more of the freedom and flexibility of, of being in sales. And I think knowing that about yourself, knowing what motivates us and gets us out of bed in the morning is so, so important. And I can say for me, what I learned about myself that's kind of similar, because I'd have half of my work is, is business development and sales, too, um, being a human capital consultant. Um, but what I learned, Nicole, as well, because I grew up in the restaurant business, which is a, an intensely physical business. You are on your feet for eight plus hours. You are moving. And um, there is an element to that that I found is really important that I need in my work, too, and that is to be able to to actually move. And that's one of the reasons that I like to be able to do the work that I do, because I'm coming to a client site, I'm standing up in front of a group of people, there's a physical element to that, that I've learned that I can't, I can't do without. So I just wanted to make sure that our listeners could hear a little bit about just why that is so important that you learn that you wouldn't, you wouldn't probably do well and couldn't stay well in that in the banking sort of a cubicle environment.
2: and And I didn't know that going into it to your point, there's some things you just have to experience. And, and I wouldn't have thought that I could sell anything. I mean, in fact, I would have told you I couldn't sell. But, um, but I knew in just a few years in that environment that if I didn't find something else to do that utilized my talents, that fed my soul, that I was going to be really unhappy,
1: mm-hmm. as would
2: be the people in my world. And that wasn't acceptable to me.
1: Mm-hmm. I really applaud that. And I, you know, however it is that you learned it over time, it's, it's important that you do. And, <laughs> and sometimes it, it takes wake up calls or people, you know, people just kind of holding up the mirror and saying, you know what? You're not happy. You need to sort of move on and whatever that, whatever form that takes. Uh, in my so, case. And it wasn't um, an
2: immediate transition either. I think that's, something I'm sure you've experienced in your world is, you know, it starts with the idea the plan, but, you know, I held on to a job I didn't love long enough to make sure that the job I thought I might would turn Mm -hmm. into a way to pay the bills and and bring money into my household. So that was another transition, I think, that is, is a point to be made, is it's not always... You know, you're going one direction, and then you turn immediately about face. Sometimes you take a left turn or a right turn, and until you ultimately get to where you want to go.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I also appreciate that point because I think sometimes our, all of us, our listeners out there, and me certainly included, want sometimes just to make sure that we're going on to the absolute right next thing. When in fact, that you know, it might be a couple of course corrections along the way to get us where we need to go. And the next place doesn't have to be perfect. It's just along the way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, One of the other things that you mentioned that I think is really going to be important for us to talk about, too, that I think our listeners can benefit from is you had mentioned to me when we spoke um, the first time that you shifted your business lens in 2010. So that means, you know, what, six years ago, 14 years into your business. I want to hear about what happened. Why did you shift your business lens? Why is it important? And, you know, so first, what caused that shift in the first place?
2: Well, it was a huge wake-up call. In our market, we peaked here in 07, and sure enough, you know, I'd been in the business now at that point 12 years, kind of hitting my stride, and like a lot of people, made a lot of money that year, but what also happened was I began a process of divorce that ended up taking a little over a year, and at the same time, meanwhile, we've got a national financial crisis, the real estate market is dying, and um, so I spent the next few years just Using the same skills that had generated business for me for 12 years, only they weren't working. And that was relationships have always been the foundation of my real estate business. And, I, you know, I would, it's all about relationships and taking care of clients before, during, and after the transaction. And I would say those words and I would mean those words. But it really really wasn't until I got some phenomenal coaching in 2010, and I was fixated on the numbers. Even though I said relationships and I said taking care of clients, what I was really counting was sales units and dollar volume. So hmm. my goals were around units and volume. Well... Those are not necessarily connected, and so I had this phenomenal coach. I've always invested in coaching and training and counseling and development and seminars and books and workshops and anything I could get my hands on to to make myself better, to bring a better value into this world, not just to my business, but certainly my family and, and really everything that I touch. I mean, that's definitely a driver for me, just that constant improvement, but at that point, I had some great coaching, and she was able to help me connect the dots in 2010 that it really wasn't about the units. It really wasn't even about the houses. It was about the people and the families that my services impacted deeply when moving ranks in life's top three stressors along with death and divorce. So it's not fun. I mean, even, even under the best of circumstances, you've got a promotion or you won the lottery or whatever, Even if you're moving to a bigger, better house, exactly where you want to be, there's still so much stress involved in that. And what I was realizing in 2010, and that coach helped me see, is I went from making vision boards on houses with my signs in the front yard. I made a vision board with faces, and there were a variety of faces. Ages, um, ethnicities, sexes—I mean, just you know—a huge representation of humanity. And I took a picture of that, and that and that became my screensaver for my cell phone. And so, what it was it was a reminder to me that every phone call I make, every person I have a conversation with, my vehicle is real estate. But what I'm doing is impacting the world, and it just completely took the shift off the houses and the volume. And it really shifted my mindset into serving the people. And um, I will say since then, my income has quadrupled. And that was so counterintuitive to me because, I, you know, I'm all about goal setting and, you know, uh, making them, you know, smart goals. And, of course, in real estate, it's how many houses did you sell and how much money did you make? And as soon as I stopped focusing on those things and instead focused on those families, the success came. And I had heard it and I had read it, but I wouldn't have believed it until I experienced it.
1: That was amazingly crisp, Nicole. And of course, I was hanging on every word because it is so important. Again, what I see in you that I think is so powerful and important is that you have a very unique ability to take your mindset, your framework, And shift it in a way that gives meaning to you and also has brought you success. And I think that is so important for our listeners to hear that you have control. Each of us have control over that ability to create that mindset, just as you did. Now, you had a coach who helped you, which was brilliant in and of itself that you sought a coach. But it's that your ability to impart and input meaning into your life and your career based on how you choose to think about things that I find so fascinating about you. The other thing that I think is also important, I, you mentioned this idea of con, con, uh, continuous improvement. I, too, subscribe to that. And I think that's also great for our listeners to hear because in today's times, I mean, you we really do have to continue to, as Stephen Covey used to always say, sharpen the saw. Yeah right so you mentioned you always were a voracious consumer of coaching and workshops and, and self-improvement which I think is wonderful and I applaud that too and the fact that you were you were focused on all those usual business metrics right business unit sales um, how many homes are listed what's my pipeline all that kind of thing um, you know it sounds on the outset like that's exactly what you should be doing and yet for you to say I was focused on the wrong thing I needed to be focused on my families um, I totally get how that would totally change your, your lens.
2: And, and again, it was so counterintuitive and so illogical relative to what had gotten me to that space. But I was at, you know, I was just, I, I'd hit a wall. And um, and I've always sought coaching because I think that you have, you, you can only see where you are. And so to really be able to make a meaningful change you have to be able to get that external perspective that there's no way you can get. My mom used to always kind of criticize me. She'd say, you know, do you think the world revolves around you? And, um, and of course, as a young child, that was meant to shame me. And, and of course, I love her and we have a great relationship. But, but it did. It made me ashamed that, yes, my world, do, I guess it does revolve around me. And, of course, growing up and, and now looking at it through the, the lens that we have, our worlds do revolve around us just I mean, because they do, and so when we're trying to make a change, trying to seek improvement, trying to to fix whatever doesn't seem to be working in our worlds, all we know is what we know, and so to not tap into an external safe space, and of course, we all have people in our world that can give us feedback, but but those who are trained to help us get to that next level, to see beyond our blind spots are just i think the difference between somebody who's really really good and someone who could be really really great
1: hmm of course i completely agree with that and 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 i too you know i certainly provide coaching services to others but i also oftentimes and frequently use a coach because you're right we get caught up in our own ways of thinking which might actually be a very negative downward spiral for us because we will we will then take whatever existing beliefs that we have about the situation our ability to succeed our ability to impact and they may be wrong or negatively focused and without the outside some outside help to kind of rescue it it can really send us downward so I really I love I love the fact that that's how you reoriented yourself um, the other thing that I want to say too that I think is so beautiful about the work that you do, Nicole. and it's such a because you're in an intimate business. Think about this, mm-hmm. listeners. You go into the the homes of people. I mean, you you see how they live and you see, you know what, you know, <laughs> how they get up in the morning, how they put themselves together in terms of their bathrooms, that you see the kitchen, that whatever dinner they made the night before sometimes. And I know that you've probably been in situations when you're doing an open house or getting ready to show a place and you've like, nope, I'll just take care of these dishes for you. I've got it. <laughs> home, home seller, I'll take care of this for you. But um, so that you reoriented your vision on your families, I think is, is brilliant. And I can see why it's producing the results that it has.
2: Thank you. And yes, it's true. I do all those things. Um, It's been fascinating since putting this lens on it through the chapters of our life stories to really be intentional about understanding what's driving things. And understanding where people are, and it is fascinating. I'm a huge student of humanity, and I love specifically marriage relationships. I love to see what works and how they interact. I always kind of have a little internal bet with myself of who's really going to make the final decision. So I try to predict it early on, but I just love seeing families and the dynamics of that, so I can learn from it and grow and see what, you know, when when things work together, it just is so smoothly. And so to have that inside scoop and to see those things, to your point, it absolutely is a level of intimacy, and especially now, 21 years into it, when I've helped people's grown children or their parents or their cousins or their sisters or their coworkers. And so that's always been fascinating, too, to see through different people's eyes, the family relationships and such, and then keeping those confidences because when I'm inside somebody's home, that's a safe place, and so what goes on in there stays in there, right? And so that's been kind of fun as well. But more than anything, when when you see inside somebody's house or you see inside somebody's closet, you really are invited into, and, and invited is the right word, I've been invited into these people's worlds, or at least at this moment in this chapter that they're in. And that's a huge honor. You know, I don't take that lightly. Yes, this is a business. Yes, this is how I fund my life and take care of my children and all that, but But I've been invited into a a safe space, a sacred space, and people's homes. So I I definitely take that to heart whenever I am engaging with people on that level.
1: Mm. I really appreciate the the beauty of that. And And I can certainly feel it's very palpable how sincere you are, how authentic that is. So thank you, Nicole. Uh, it's time for a short break. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Nicole Smith, a real estate professional with Briggs Freeman Sotheby International Realty and co author of The Power of Five Minds Masterminding Our Way. We've been talking a bit about how she got into the real estate business and how she changed her business lens in 2010 to focus more deeply on the families she served and the results that that's, bring, that's brought her. After the break, we're going to get into this perspective that she brings about how the homes we live in create the, the chapters in our life stories.
0: It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to elise, A-L-I-S-E, at elisecortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose.
1: Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. If you are just joining us and didn't hear before, my guest is Nicole Smith. She is a real estate professional with Briggs, Freeman, Sotheby, International Realty. And she has come to believe that the homes we live in create the chapters of our life stories. She's also the co-author of The Power of Five Minds, Masterminding Our Way. She joins us today from South Lake, Texas, just outside the Dallas area. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So I told you before the break that we were going to talk about her perspective that she brings to her work. And and really what I want to start this segment with is, is really helping you consider the idea that each of us really bring a unique perspective to our work, and that is our personal brand. Um, How we come about our work is it says a lot about who we are. And in in Nicole's case, she's got a a perspective about the work she does that I frankly have never heard another real estate person say before, which is another reason I wanted to have her on the show. Um, And as a meeting and work researcher, I'm very intrigued with the with the power that people have to create these lenses of meaning about the work they do. So Let's talk about that perspective, Nicole. And I do want to hear maybe where it came from. Where how did you come to learn that this notion that the the homes we live in create the chapters of our life stories? Where'd that come from for you?
2: So we mentioned in the last segment that I am a huge believer in coaches and counseling and things like this and that of course things shifted for me in two thousand ten and Part of what precipitated that was something really negative. You know, the real estate market had crashed. I was gone through a divorce and really just an opportunity to revisit who and what I am and what I want out of life. had a phenomenal counselor at the time, and she had challenged me to, I, we, you know, we'd have our conversation. She'd give me some assignment. I loved that. And the assignment this particular time was to, to document the, the key moments in my life the, you know the the turning points the change points and so i took that assignment and then what i found myself creating was a mind map not even a mind map it was a map of and it was divine, defined by the houses that i lived in so hmm. for example the house you know, the first, the house my parents lived in when I was born in Wichita Falls, well, that was chapter one, or it wasn't even a chapter at that point. It was house number one and house number two. And then and what I discovered in putting together my the, the map of my life as defined by these key changes all had to do with the houses that I had lived in. When my dad got relocated or when I went to college or my first apartment or my first home that I had bought at 21 or, you know, or whatever, or, you know, or the the house I downsized to because of the divorce. So, I mean, every house illustrated a moment in time in my life that was precipitated by some change, some event, and that led into another series of events. And so, after going through that process, and of course the counselor you know thought that was kind of cool because she'd never seen anything like that before either, it just kind of started resonating with me of how how our homes reflect who we are at that moment in time it, a house to me and to my clients in this process has always been more than a house it's more than sticks and bricks it's always been an identity, a place to come home to, a place to be defined by whether, you know, is it where you want to be? Is it is you know, what purposes does it serve? And so I've always had a little bit of that, but until that particular exercise, I never really thought about the significance of the house itself, but then also the events in someone's life that would cause them to move to a house and then ultimately move from a house.
1: Hmm. Of course, I'm hanging on every word. This is so delicious. i I love this. And of course, I can't help but um, I guess get fixated on the notion of identity because I am a meaning work and identity person. I care a lot about identity because it 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 dictates our choices, our decisions. Um, you know, it's 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 a very important mechanism in our lives. And so I, I, i'm I'm very intrigued and i can tell you i can sit here and think about some of the houses that i lived in and yes they do stitch together a an interesting set of chapters in my overall life i mean i can remember when i bought my first house for example i mean th- there was all these houses that we lived in before i ever bought my own but that represented to me that i had fun, that i'd become an adult right exactly. i bought my my first house and then when i bought my that was in portland oregon i bought my second um a little place, a little condo outside of Seattle. And that represented career advancement for me because I had gotten promoted to get that new job. So I can stitch together lots of different things in my life that I I can clearly see this concept being illustrated. It might be fun for some of you listeners out there to do this very thing for yourself. Um, Nicole, you, you mentioned this notion of getting challenged by your counselor to write down the key turning points in your life. Um, yes. it might be really interesting for them to do that
2: absolutely and I have a great tool that I'm happy to share and 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 it's basically a worksheet and and it's so, for example, when you think about a house like you do a chapter, right? So each chapter is going to have a title, and the title of that chapter is going to be the address. So for me, Chapter 4 was 1718 Sylvan Drive in Arlington, Texas. And, and then you're going to have the characters of this chapter. So, for example, for me in Chapter 4, it was my mom and my dad and my sister and I. And I was five years old when we moved there. And so as much as you can remember about the house, whether, you know, if you happen to know, like for me in Chapter 4, obviously my parents did the transaction, how much they paid for it, what they bought for it, what precipitated that move. And for us, it was because my dad had gotten a different job. Um, so you've got characters of the story. And obviously, as your chapters progress, some people are not, are no, not in that next chapter. Other people join you in that chapter so to me that's meaningful as you look at your life as as, as it comes to chapters also what are the themes of that chapter So for me, my theme in Chapter 4 was education. I was just starting school. I loved school. I walked to school down a really busy street. I mean, I'm thinking back to, you know, what parents did in the 70s that is very different than what parents do today. But, you know, reflect on what themes were encouraged. What are your key memories in that particular chapter? You know, for me I can still remember um, the, the babysitter that was next door. I remember my best friend in the caddy corner across the street and we ate ding dongs, you know. I mean just little you know, whatever key memories that you can you can dig up to to reflect that particular chapter. And then what were the key lessons that you learned? I think one of the lessons I learned in, in that chapter for me was, um, I, I'm pretty much on my own here. Like, you know, I, I, that, I think that's when I started acknowledging my independence as a person from, you know, from my parents or what have you. So just reflected on some key lessons and then ultimately what happened that caused the end of that chapter. So for me, in Chapter 4 was meaningful because my mom was pregnant with my brother and it was time to move from that house, which was too small, to a larger home. So so you, you can kind of see just from following my chapter four how if you think about each house as a chapter and you plug in some of those key points, at the end of this you have your life story.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. And as anchored and threaded by those places you lived along the
2: way. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. I think this is so rich. What a great idea. And here's what I find fascinating, too, again, about your response to this assignment, Nicole. So you were given an assignment to to write down the, the key turning points in your life. And it, But you ended up, it, for you, um, somehow that mind of yours turned that on. Well, what houses was I connected to uh, along those turning points? Or somehow you got there along the way. And that's your creativity. That's your unique way of being able to organize ideas and information. I just think that's very fascinating. You mentioned a worksheet. How how can folks get a hold of the worksheet?
2: The best way to do that, right now I don't have it accessible online, but if you'll email me at nicole at nicolesmith.net and just put in the subject line worksheet, then I'll just shoot you a PDF form of that and you can just print it out to your heart's desire and and then, you know, obviously print as many copies as you need. What's interesting to me and I'm fascinated by this is some people have a lot of chapters. Like I tend to move every as an adult anyway, every I don't know, eighteen months to two years. I jokingly suggest people should move every three to five years. And of course I tongue in cheek, <laughs> self serving. But also because it really does cause you to reevaluate your stuff and that's a whole other show that, that you could do on that. But, but anyway, then other people, they, they have three chapters. You know, like my my parents haven't moved since 1978. And so, so it is possible to transition chapters in your life, for example, from being a family to being an empty nester, right? So without physically moving, obviously it, as a realtor, I love when people do use those opportunities to move, but it doesn't mean you have to. Our lives are constantly changing, and we're transitioning from one chapter to the next. And so this is just a tool to kind of see that through the eyes of houses, but fully understanding we transition all the time. And so it's just the big ones that, that I see illustrated any time you move.
1: You know, I'll tell you a big one for me. This you're bringing up so many interesting me- memories for me now. Um, so when I was 25 years old, I was living in Portland, Oregon, and i had I had only gone to college starting at age 24. So I was halfway through my bachelor's degree at that point. I was waiting tables at a restaurant in in Del- or in Portland to to make my way. And I ended up dating one of my customers. And um, he, he, just like three months into our, our, our relationship, told me, well, they're going to move me to Madrid, Spain. And I, I literally extended my hand and went to shake his hand and said, you're going to be great. This is going to be a great move for you. And he said, I think I'd like you to come with me. And I thought to myself, hmm, you know, I'm a college student here. I don't have any debt. I've got nothing really holding me back here you know, I'm from a small town in Northeastern Oregon. Uh, The idea of moving to another, you know, continent, another place sounded really kind of amazing to me. And I did. So after only knowing him for about a total of, I guess, four months or so, I did. I followed him to Madrid, Spain. And we lived there for um, six months, went all over Western Europe. And I mean, I was, my mind was blown wide open, so, I had learned I'd learned French when I was in college, so I had the basis there. Some of the guys in the restaurant taught me some Spanish um, when I was working there. So I had a rudimentary understanding of Spanish. So it was such an incredibly powerful time for me and such a, an emboldening time for me to live there in a small apartment in you know downtown Madrid. Um, And then after that, so we went to uh, Rio de Janeiro for two years and went all over South America. But when I think about how mind blowing those experiences were and what they really did represent enormous changes in myself, my identity and, and the chapters in my life for sure.
2: That's very exciting. And I would live vicariously through you. I'm a fifth-generation Texan. I have never lived outside of the state of Texas, so I, which is why I travel the world, right, for that perspective. But I am so envious of your ability to live in a foreign country. I think that's phenomenal.
1: I think it helps when you're young and you don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah it was it was i say when i talk to people about that experience i tell people that i put that experience uh, completely on par with the full gamut of my educational past which includes my phd uh wow. it was that of a powerful uh, a time for me a powerful set of of experiences for me so yeah huge especially remember i'm i my the small town i grew up in was about 4800 people
2: wow
1: yeah <laughs> I had never been on a metro bus or metro train before. I, I got to oh goodness. Dread.
2: Good for you for having the courage to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when you talk about some of the psychological stuff that you were you were mentioning, um, I would I am one of those people that have lived. I don't even know how many places, Nicole. I mean, um, my 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 parents, my mom moved around a lot um, when we were young, and I moved around probably in the span that I was in Portland, Oregon. I will easily say that I and I was there for 13 years. I will easily say I probably lived in no less than 15 different places probably. Wow.
2: That's so fascinating it, to me. I love that.
1: Yeah, it was and you're right. They all represented very very different different parts of my of my life. Each time there you're right, there was a reason, there was something that caused me to move from the previous place and something that catapulted me to the new place. And then there were things that occurred and different characters as you mentioned. Um, that were that had come and gone out of my life. And um, it's so I'm really intrigued with your concept. And I think that I mean, if I ever have just even half a second, I, I think I'd, I'd like to attempt this again, I would probably have a very long list of, of places that I lived in. But even what would you say if I even just did like a, a segment of my adulthood? Would you think that would be useful for me?
2: Oh, 100 percent. And here, and and that's the thing too is, you know, like in, in your case, your chapters may be very short and not necessarily dramatic, right? But you'll have a lot of them. There are other people who may only have a few chapters. But when you think about all of the life experiences, like my folks who've been in the same house since 1978, where they basically raised my brother, but my sister and I moved to when we were in, in, uh, in late elementary school, you know, but they've raised their family, their their, their grandchildren come visit, so they've got all these activities and all these experiences happening in one really big long. Thick chapter, so to me, I almost think the shorter chapters, the the ones where maybe the move was, you weren't there that long, are almost you know, they're every bit as interesting and fascinating, and actually would probably be a little bit easier to to uh, to work through. I think.
1: Hmm. Well, I will say just quickly, we've got just a couple minutes before our next break here. I will say just to share one thing. I remember when I was leaving Portland, Oregon, to go to Seattle. I had the house in Portland that I was going to keep and, and uh, rent. Um, And I didn't want to spend money on apartment in Seattle. So I had this great idea that I would put an ad in the paper and and I'd say, hey, I'm looking to, you know, have a room in your home in exchange for I'll clean, I'll do landscaping, I'll do yard work, you know, whatever, I'll do errands, whatever. I got some very interesting responses to that (laughs) ad, I might tell you. Um, But the best one was from this 66 year old widowed woman who said, hey, listen, saw your ad. Um, I'm recently widowed. I want to spend a good six months just touring around the United States um, and just see what I haven't seen. And I need somebody to be able to keep my, my, my condo clean and let the realtor, realtors in to show. And if you're willing to do that, you can come and stay for free. Oh, my God. So I did that, and she became, oh, it was wonderful. She became a wonderful, dear friend. Um, She was really, really interesting. I brought my sister and my niece to come live with me up there, and the three of us hung out. And then once in a while, this woman, who called herself Wildflower, (laughs) (laughs) she would come in, and we became friends. And at one point, what was really fun, Nicole, is that she, um, she decided that she was tired of being on her own, and um, she, she said, will you help me write up a, a personal ad so I can meet someone? So we together sat down and wrote a personal ad, and we then you know, call, called the responses, and she, she started dating. She ended up, you know, she was the person who caught my bouquet when I invited wow. her to my wedding, and wow. she got married, and I mean, just an amazing story, and that was just a six-month
2: ch- chapter, just a yeah, six-month exactly. deal. That's wonderful.
1: Isn't that fun?
2: That's precious, absolutely.
1: And I will tell you that, that that occurred 18 years ago, and we are still in touch. She lives in Chicago uh, now, and I'm down here in Dallas. too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So some of the creativity around how it is that we <laughs> get into the places that we, we live in and with the unexpected surprises that come with some of those decisions and experiences, too, yeah?
2: Most definitely,
1: do you have anything like that in, in your in your life that you can share with us? Anything that you can think of? You know, that's kind of a fun thing that happened in one of your chapters that you can share.
2: You know what? I, honest to goodness, I've been in so many chapters, um, and again, most of them, most recently, my chapters have kind of they they. Um, I'm trying to think. Like I said, my favorite is Chapter 4, and I just keep going back to that because of, I think I was, you know, that's when I was 6, 7, and 8 years old. My parents paid something like, I don't know, $15,000 for this house. And wow. it was just such an adventure, and I have so many memories from that specific home. But then the one before, it was kind of interesting, too. And so I also find it fascinating when I talk with folks about different memories how, how some houses and some Life chapters have just very vivid memories, like what you described with Wildflower. And then other times, it's just kind of like a, meh, you know, kind of a non-chapter, if you will. We mm-hmm. lived there, we left there, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, but no, that, that's a great question. I'll have, to, I'll have to ponder that for the next time I have this conversation with you.
1: Okay, perfect. Well, that's good because it's time for a short break anyway, so we're in good shape. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Nicole Smith, who is a real estate professional with Briggs, Freeman, Sotheby, International Realty, and the co-author of The Power of Five Minds, Masterminding Our Way. After the break, we're going to learn more about that particular book and everything that goes with it. Stay with us.
2: Find us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
0: Alice Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose.
1: Thanks for staying with us and welcome back to the Working on Purpose program. I'm Elise Cortez, your host, your host. If you haven't tuned in earlier, then my guest is Nicole Smith. She is a real estate professional with Briggs, Freeman, Sotheby International Realty, and she has come to believe that the homes we live in create the chapters of our life stories, which is what we were talking about just before the break. She's also the co-author of The Power of Five Minds, Masterminding Our Way, which is the, the topic of what we'll be talking about here next. She joins us today from Southlake, Texas, which is just outside the Dallas, Texas area. So I know, Nicole, that you are a big believer in the power of mastermind groups. I don't know a lot about them. I have never been involved with one. Can you first tell us um, about this concept? How does it work and how you got involved?
2: Absolutely. Well, first of all, I think the masterminding concept has been around forever and ever and ever, and uh, I mean, even to the beginning of time in various formats, but what kind of was the the, what what I think will kind of sum it up for you is Napoleon Hill's book, Thinking Grow Rich. One of the key pieces of that concept is surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals that for the betterment of everybody. And so, what 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 a mastermind group is, and it can be all kinds of shapes and sizes and, and different criteria, is a group of people with a specific purpose. And in this case, the way in the context that we're talking about in it is for the benefit of growing our business. And um, and so that's that's does that give you a little bit about what a mastermind group is?
1: Yes, but I want to dig a little bit deeper for our listeners that this might be just a brand new concept for. So how how do you find these people? I mean, you said people like minded people, maybe with a common some kind of a common aim. um, But how might we find these kind of people?
2: Well, that's a great question, and I was really surprised once I got into this how... There, how people didn't know what this was. So first of all, I can share with you, if you were to Google mastermind group, you'll see a lot of different options. But but our book was de- de- designed, it, and we'll kind of talk a little bit about that, to help people start their own. So a mastermind group would be, for example, a group of, well, in, Earl, in Napoleon Hill's book, he talks about how, if you can imagine Henry Ford back in the day when the automobile was brand new, his mastermind group consisted of um, Firestone just happened to do tires and Carnegie who just happened to be a business expert and so he was surrounding himself with people who are experts in their own field and then they came together to serve him and him and vice versa. So you bring your individual strengths to a group so that you take what you take away from that group is more than you would have had otherwise. And so maybe it would help if I kind of just described the nature of our mastermind group and how we got started so that people could kind of follow along with how this might show up in their world. Would that be helpful?
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah.
2: Okay, super. So um, within our group, and we—it's and the power of five minds, and so it just happens to be five of us. Although we started with seven, was started by one of the one of the professionals in my community. She happens to be a CPA, and she was looking for kind of an informal board of directors and so she started asking around would anybody be interested in meeting with her on a regular basis to talk business. We didn't want a social organization. We didn't want a leads group which a lot of self-employed people might be used to doing where you you know go into a, a, a situation where you're literally exchanging leads. wanted it to be about growing our business and The the initial group of us met, there were seven of us, and we were all in different fields. And so I think that's important as well. We all bring a different perspective into our group. So we have a CPA, we have a counselor, we have a speaker, coach, author. Um, Of course, I'm a realtor. We had an attorney. And um, and then we had a financial advisor and then then a, a gal that had a nonprofit organization. So we had different perspectives, different ages. We we probably had I need mean to quantify let's maybe a thirty year span between the youngest and the oldest I may be exaggerating that just a bit because I don't ask ages um, maybe more like a twenty anyway um, so so we wanted a different perspective and so we we kind of all came together under the pretense of we're all self employed entrepreneurs wanting to grow our business and we we saw the value of connecting and partnering with a group of women completely outside our own spectrum for the benefit of our collective businesses.
1: Okay, so here's what I find interesting as I listen to you, and I'm thinking about it right now for some of the things I'm investigating for myself. I can envision that you might well encounter people that you don't necessarily see an immediate role for, but for whom you just, you recognize that They're just interesting, and you don't know yet what their role is, but somehow you know they belong somehow. Does that make sense?
2: 100%. Okay, and so that's where, and what we what we found through doing some group type interaction is, you know, we know some of us are yellow dots, some of us are red dots. We know in the disc profile, some of us are drivers, some are influencers. I mean, it just so happens that we have a rainbow of of differences, but yet our common theme, and this is, I think, very important to a mastermind group. A common theme can be a variety of things. For example, you have, you know, I would suggest that that you know they talk about how Jesus and his his disciples were his mastermind group if you will i mean literally going back thousands of years or you know in in recovery you know there are some uh, some 12 step programs that could be considered a mastermind group because your goals are similar you're you're going a certain space you're going a certain direction and you're meeting on a regular basis either physically or or virtually with people on a regular basis. One of my um, associates is part of a mastermind. They're financial advisors. And so it's a, it's a group of financial advisors from all over the country, and they have a facilitator. And so they're all in the same business, but yet they're all in different markets, So they share best practices, and so they take away from their mastermind group things that are working for their peer group that they can then come back and incorporate into their own businesses. So whereas ours is a variety of industries, and that was how it was designed, it can also be used with people in your own industry.
1: Mm Hmm. Well, one of the things that certainly occurs to me, I mean, you obviously were at this for, for uh, some period of time, and I don't know if you're all still meeting, um, mm-hmm. but I'd i would I'd be interested to understand what kinds of results you got from being part of that group. You said that you were all together to develop your businesses, but what kind yes. of results did you get?
2: So four of the five of us still meet today, and we meet every other week. We book it out several months in advance, and we don't miss these meetings because what we have found is after sharing with each other now, I guess we're going on three full years, it becomes like your own internal board of directors. So here, here's, here's a great example. Um, what, the way we have structured ours, and, again, there's a lot of different ways to do it, we all have a 15- to 20-minute block where we are positioning to the group, here's a question or here's an idea or here's a space, and here's what I need help with today. So sometimes it's personnel issues. For example, you know, I've got this employee. I've got this situation. Here's, you know, give me some feedback. And so, again, what we found is the significant others in our lives aren't always the best sounding board for our business ideas and issues. And so we're a safe space, separate from that relationship, though very, every bit is intimate in in what's going on from a business perspective. So a lot of times we'll do we'll have personnel discussions, we'll have um, directional things. I do I, I bring a lot of questions to the to my group about marketing. You know, I spend a lot of money on, on advertising and, and marketing, and, and 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 I'm always interested in you know give me some feedback on ways I can make this more meaningful or more impactful. Um, we have. I will tell you from from a results perspective, we also hold each other accountable now in our group, we decide what we want to be held accountable to, so we we put it out there we say here 's what I am going to do by this time next week or you know by our next meeting, and then we always start with that at the meetings of here 's what I've accomplished during the course of this um, it it's been amazing to see the growth in each of us uh, in maturity wise in our business is number one because this is time that we are focused on our business you know there's the the conversation as a business person you know you're working in the business you're you're, you're doing the tasks the, the tactics etc and then there's the working on the business where you're high level looking at the business and evaluating and so this really is a working on the business kind of scenario and in this process one of our members of course together we wrote a book which was very exciting one of our members has also published two books since that time one of our members has one in process. Um, we've all been interviewed on numerous radio shows, podcasts, etc., because we're, we're, we're challenging each other to a higher level in our own businesses, all the while not competing, right? We're not competing against each other, um, but we're building each other up and helping each other see that there is a, a different way or a bigger way. To show up in this world through our businesses
1: okay that helps me so much more better understand what actually a mastermind is i get it that was very crisp thank you nicole that's so so much clearer now thank you uh, so my next question we're, and we're almost out of time for the show here so uh, my next question is i did want to understand though how the book came about i mean this you it's the power of five minds how did it come about and what is it you're really trying to convey in that book
2: so that's a great question. So so there were five of us at the time. We started off with seven. A couple of uh, one moved away, one you know decided that this really wasn't the direction she wanted. So that left five of us. And what uh we discovered through attending a workshop because we were all very much into growth and development is that writing a book is a great way to Uh, to reach more people with your messaging. And what we were so excited about and are so excited about is the synergy that we could create by having this group and so much so that we want to tell the world about it. And so one of our members, again, has has published several books. And having been through this process, and she's our, our official facilitator, uh, she, we decided this would be a great thing to do, and everybody was on board. And so it was a, a full year process from when we birthed the idea until we had our launch party, and it was a lot of fun. the The, the opportunity was to tell our stories. to to explain what a mastermind is, how to get your own, why you might want one. Within our book is each of our individual stories. We each bring to the mastermind group a completely different why, why we wanted to join, what we wanted to get out of it, and ultimately what the results have been. But collectively, these ladies are so special to me because of what we share in this group, this safe space, and I just have so much respect for their own individual professional capacity and also their personal. And so to connect at a really high level with other really big thinking entrepreneurs has just really elevated my game, and I'm Mm -hmm. so grateful for that. The book really is just an opportunity for us to tell our story. We've had a lot of fun with it
1: yeah and where can folks get a copy is this like an amazon well, deal on, on your website okay. we
2: also do have um a website power of five it's the number five powerof five minds.com and that gives you a little bit of bio about each of us and then you can also order the book on that website as well
1: okay great Wow. Um, You've taken us just almost to the top of the hour here, Nicole. This has been a wonderful conversation as I knew it would be. I was so looking forward to all of the content and you've been a lovely, delightful guest. I appreciate you taking your time and sharing your perspective, your passion, um, and your clarity. You're a very clear communicator. So thank you.
2: Thank you so much for having me on today. It was a pleasure.
1: If you want to learn more about Nicole Smith, go out to her website. It's www.nicolesmith.net. Nicole has an E in it, so N I C O L E, Smith.net. And she also mentioned you can check out um, the book at poweroffiveminds.com. For next week, we'll be having a conversation with Dr. Mary Howard, who will be sharing her perspective and experience igniting passion into educators across North America. She's an amazing human being, has much to share. So see you next week. And remember, work is at least one third of our lives. So let's work on purpose.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working On Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.